At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Peterson experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Big thanks to Dave Ross who wanted to join me in our number one, did a great job. Take a look at the NFC and the AFC championship games. So we wound up making sure to hit on both of those games. And then you're on the Greg Peterson experience tomorrow. Have no fear of my official picks and analysis on both games in the final hour of the show. That'll be midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. We'll take a look at the props. I'm not necessarily as much of a prop guy, so I'm not going to be selling any guarantees there. But with that said, I will be giving you guys side and total on both of those games. So have have no worry there. We will be hitting on that tomorrow. And a big thanks to Dave for lending his insights. Made things a little bit easier on myself as well. Gave some reassurance as to what I'm looking at there. And before we wind up diving back into the college basketball betting card for Saturday, we've got to mention a just absolutely cataclysmically bad beat if you wound up having Fresno State. I know that our good friend from the nightcap, Tim Murray, he was on Fresno State. I was on Fresno State. I know that many of you out there were on Fresno State. If you were one of the people that were not on Fresno State and instead took Boise State, well, it was a good win for you because with every bad beat, you have a good win as well. Boise State down three with five seconds left. They needed a three to be able to die. Fresno State player winds up going for the pump fake. Jumped like 15 feet in the air and wound up going right past the guy. Winds up draining a three. Game winds up going to overtime. Lo and behold, you wind up having Boise State get to the window 68 to 63. Good news is it was bittersweet because I wound up having in this game both Fresno State on the money line and the over. So my over that looked dead wound up getting there. And Fresno State that looked very alive did not. So it's one of those things in which you wind up cutting up. You wind up injuring one bet to be able to save another. So that's sometimes why it's happening. Now let's take a look bet. Now let's take a look at everything that we've got for Saturday though, because there's no money in taking a look back at these games, but there's money to be made on the board for Saturday and got over 130 games right now. I give one out every single day for DK nation. It is always a difficult process because I like all these plays much like I like much like many parents always love all their children and everything like that. I'm like that with my college basketball plays, but we wound up going with a marquee game 703 704 on the betting board, Baylor, Alabama, Baylor is laying three points on the road. Toronto's game is 150 and a half. I'm sure what a lot of you people are thinking is, oh boy. Probably going to be going with the total or something like that because he's either going with Baylor or he's going to be going with some sort of an over slash under. 
Wrong. We're going Alabama on the money line. I like this Alabama team in this spot. Now, it's an Alabama team that they have covered just once ever since they wanted being able to get that marquee win against Gonzaga. But with Baylor, this is just not the same team as they were last year. Now, Baylor has been able to do a tremendous job defensively. Last year, they were actually more around like 25th in the country with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. They have wretched it up. It is now fifth in the country, but with that said, with Baylor, this has been a team that's been a little bit banged up. James Akinjo has his turnover woes. He's been turning the ball over right around three times per game. And for Alabama, you still have Jaden Shackelford along Javon Quinterly being able to give you right around 31 and a half points per game. And Alabama, for all their woes, they're still 31st in the country. When it comes to points scored on a per possession basis, I don't think that you can rule out just how big of a factor home court is going to be as well. Alabama seems to have one of the better home court advantages in all of college basketball. When it comes to what you're going to be able to get out of Baylor, I think that they're going to do a good job of being able to generate some turnovers. This is a team that they rank in the top 20 in all of college basketball in regards to turnovers forced per game. So give them a lot of credit for what they've been able to do there. But it's also an Alabama team that they've been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to give themselves second and third chances on offense. And when it comes to this Baylor team, you do have Jonathan Chamochachua, like right around eight points, seven and a half rebounds per game. He does a rock solid job there. Jeremy Shane is now back at the fold after he wanted missing a couple games, has been able to give this team right around five and a half rebounds per game. You can tell that he's not necessarily quite 100% though. And I think a big giant question mark that you wind up having with Baylor, the free throw shooting. How about this team ranking in regards to college basketball about 276th in the country with this regard? They shoot as a collective 67.9%. I think that that's something that could wind up nipping them right in the tuchus because they have been playing with fire in a lot of these games. It's a big reason why they didn't wind up covering that Iowa State spread. If you wind up taking the early number with Oregon, that's a game that should not have gotten to you. You were able to get a push there. If you want betting it late, you were able to get there with Baylor, but the free throw shooting has already come into play with a few of their spreads. I think it could come into play with regards to the outright game itself. Alabama, they've been doing a little bit better job at the free throw line. Now shooting a little bit over 70% of the free throw line. They've had their woes in the early part of the season, but here in the back half, they've been able to do a much better job recently. And I will say to Baylor's credit, ever since conference play has began, they have been able to shoot more around 71% at the free throw line. But when it comes to this Baylor team as well, this is a team that they themselves, ever since Big 12 play began, they've been turning the ball over. 15 turnovers per game. It's a big reason why this offense has not necessarily been itself. I do think that Alabama is going to be able to present some good matchup issues for this team. You've got guys like Adarius Miles who's been able to come through, do a good job for this team. And James Roas, he has been a little bit under the radar. Looked like his season was going to be done due to a torn ACL. He has been able to come back for Alabama. So now they've got a little bit more depth. I think Alabama gets the job done at home. I want to giving out for DK Nation, Alabama, not just on the spread. I'm going to be bypassing the two to three points, depending on where you're looking here. We're going to be going money line here on Alabama. And when it comes to the total, I do think that things are going to be buttoned up. When Alabama was really good last year, they were in the top 20 with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. This year, Alabama has been more in the 180, 190 range. I think that Nate Oates is going to get it through to his team that they need to play a little bit more defense. They've got a Baylor team that's turning the ball over left and right. I think that this is a good spot for Alabama to be able to hold down Baylor. I want to saying this total more around a 143, 144 myself. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under. And with Alabama, they're my DK Nation play of the day. I'm going to be giving them out outright on the money line. So that's where we're going to be looking with that one. We did just have Dave Ross on the show. So how about if we wind up taking a look at 
his alma mater in Syracuse. They are going to be playing against Wake Forest. This is going to be, in my opinion, one of the more intriguing games of the day. And if you wind up having a tough time finding some of these rotation numbers, have no fear because sometimes it winds up happening to the best of us. But with regards to Syracuse, you're going to be finding them as a little bit of an underdog here at home. You've got a Wake Forest team that they already played them once. They were able to get a 77 to 74 win in that first game. And when it comes to Syracuse, I think that they're going to be falling prey to taking another loss because they did wind up saying Wake Forest as a three-point favorite. When it comes to Wake Forest, it's just a team that has been able to do a great job with Alondis Williams being able to kick things up and being able to do a nice job with regards to being one of the more underrated players in all of college basketball. He does a little bit of everything for this team. He's been able to chip in there 20 and a half points per game, a little bit over five boards, right around five assists per game. Now, turnovers have been a little bit of an issue with him as well. He wound up having quite a few, like six, seven turnover games recently. So that's been a tad bit of an issue for the team. But with that said, you've also got Jake LaRiva, who's been coming in from Indiana State and has been able to do a nice job of being able to stuff the stat sheet for this team. By the way, we just found it. 769, 770 on the betting board. So if you have a tough time finding these rotation numbers, have no fear. It happens to the best of us. But with that said, when it comes to Wake Forest, I do think that they should be able to get it done here. Finding them at DraftKings right now, one point underdog. Finding them in other places, right around a one to one and a half point favorite. So whether they're a favorite or an underdog is right now based on the book that you're betting at. But when it comes to Syracuse, this team has just been cataclysmically bad at being able to guard the three-point arc. Now, that's going to happen with the zone defense in general. Typically, you're not going to be hanging your hat on three-point shooting defense, and typically it's bad. This is another level of bad. I mean, they've been allowing some of these teams that have absolutely no business putting up threes to be able to launch them. I mean, they wound up giving up 100 points to Colgate earlier this year. Colgate is best known for being a toothpaste, so as not necessarily what you want there. They rank 237th in the country with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. When it comes to Syracuse, we've actually got a couple of redeeming qualities. You've got Bam Squared and Buddy and Jimmy Bam. Both of these guys combined to be able to give you right around 33 points per game. Jimmy shoots 38% from three-point range. Buddy shoots right around 89% at the free throw line. And among your top four scorers, three of them shoot at least 85% at the free throw line. So you've got a Syracuse team that they do a relatively solid job there. It's a team that they actually do force quite a few turnovers. They get right around seven and a half steals per game. But when it comes to Wake Forest as well, this is a team that they've got a seven-footer in Dallas Walton who's really been able to find his niche a little bit more when it comes to this team. You take a look at what you're able to get with Syracuse as well. And the big thing for this team is that you've really got a good starting five. Jesse Edwards, Cole Swider, both of these guys have been able to give you right around seven boards per game. They combined to be able to give you 24 and a half points per game between the two of them. After your starting five, there is not a single other player that gives you more than 2.4 points per game. That is absolutely terrible. I mean, for Syracuse to be running... This thin of a rotation. And Syracuse, typically they're a little bit more thin with regards to rotation. Typically they have at least one guy off the bench that you can rely upon. Right now they've got absolutely nothing. I think that Wake Forest is going to be able to do it to them once again. It's a Wake Forest team that I wound up setting as a three-point favorite. Now when it comes to total, I set it at a 147. Syracuse has been playing a little bit more slowly now that we've gotten into ACC play. They've been able to be held down a little bit more just because the defenses are a little bit better themselves. And to Syracuse's credit, they've been relatively okay on the glass, being able to generate right around 11 second chances per game. They get right around 11 rebounds per game. But I take a look at the spot 
And I think that Wake Forest is going to be able to get the job done once again, taking them as a slight favorite slash a slight underdog. And we're going to be taking a look at an under in this spot as well as you're finding the total. A lot of places right around a 151 to a 151 and a half. And just brushing up upon a game that I wound up talking about a little bit earlier in our number one and couldn't quite get to it quite yet. Arizona versus Arizona State. Well, I'm mentioning the fact that I do like Arizona State as long as you've got the hook on this game because right now you're finding the spread in a lot of places at a 21 and a half. But when it comes to this total, I do like it over. You've got an Arizona State team that they were without Bobby Hurley in their last game, and it was because he was berating refs, which that's not great. But you also wind up getting back Jay Heath, guy that's able to get the team 10 points, four boards, one of their best three-point shooters, and among guys that shoot threes for Arizona State, each other top shoot two, shoot 40% for distance. So I'm taking a look at the over in that spot. Coming up next, we're just going to be continuing on with what we're going to be doing the rest of the show. Taking a look at as many games on this college basketball betting board as humanly possible. So we're going to be doing that next right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show or anything else on the VSIN schedule, have no fear because we've got you covered with all of our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. You're able to go to VEASAN.com to get everything that we wind up doing, including beating the book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, which in 45 minutes, we're going to be getting a podcast that drops with 140, 134 games previewed and many more. They are all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast wherever you your podcast. That podcast... By the way, that I wound up recording for Coast to Coast Soups, four hours and 34 minutes. We wound up starting that thing off at 3 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, wrapped up at about 8, wound up jumping in my car, and then we wound up coming here, and now we're doing some more breakdowns of college basketball action. There is nothing better than that. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Oops Peterson, and very simple. Rest of the show, we're just taking a look at everything that we got on the college basketball betting board. If there's a game that you want me to break down, at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter is where you're able to fire that in and wound up getting some requests for this game. We've got a lot of big games that are going to be broken down, but how about if we wind up going to the team that is currently number one with regards to against the spread record in college basketball? I'm sure all everyone was thinking, oh yeah, that's Middle Tennessee, but 
That is right now your best cover team in all of college basketball. We go 657, 658 on the betting board. Western Kentucky is going to be facing off against Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee, a familiar spot. They are finding themselves as an underdog. Currently finding them pretty much five points across the board. Total opened up at 141 and a half. We're seeing a little bit of a drop here. Anywhere between 140 and a half, seeing as low as the 139 here at Circa, where I'm doing the show from. And I do think that the total drop is a little bit befuddling. You got a Middle Tennessee bunch that it's not like by any means this team is a blazer or anything like that, but they've been a relatively solid team when it comes to being able to pump up the tempo. Western Kentucky, they're in the top 75 with regards to possessions per game. Now, when it comes to Western Kentucky, they've got seven foot five Jamarian Sharp, who's getting more blocks per game than right around two thirds of college basketball teams. He's been averaging right around four and a half blocks per game. Guy is the tallest player in all of college basketball at seven foot five and with Western Kentucky, the fact that they're able to go at the clip that they are 64th in the country with regards to possessions per game, that's rather impressive. But when it comes to Middle Tennessee, big reason why I can't buy into them is that they're still shooting sub 30% from three-point range, and they don't have a single guy that gives you more than five rebounds per game. Are you able to match up with seven foot five Jamarian Sharp when you don't have a single guy that could give you five rebounds? I think it's going to be a little bit of an issue. Now, with Western Kentucky, their big issue is turnovers. You've got a guy that winds up turning the ball over nearly four times per game in Davion McKnight. Now, he makes up for it with 14.5 points, 6.3 boards, 6 assists per game, so he's able to do a rock-solid job there. And to the credit of Western Kentucky, they will not let you get to the free throw line. They are number one in the country with regards to fewest free throw attempts per game and per possession, so this team, they do a great job of being able to rein it in. They will not fail you whatsoever, and that's actually relatively... Surprising considering the fact that you got a guy in Jamarian Sharp who's seven foot five, because a lot of times you wind up seeing a lot of these seven footers in college basketball, and their name might as well be Mr. Uncoordinated Junior, because some of these guys they just have no idea what they're doing. But with that said, it's been anything but that when it comes to Western Kentucky. And this is a Western Kentucky team that, despite the fact that they don't fall a lot, they do a good job of being able to generate swipes. They wind up giving you right around eight and a half seals per game. I've been highly impressed by the defense I've been seeing out of this team. And for Middle Tennessee, Josh Jefferson, the transfer from UW-Green Bay, has been terrific for the team. Being able to give you right around 13 points per game, but when it comes to guys like DeAndre Dishman and Eli Lawrence, combining for about nine rebounds per game between the two of them, and those being your top two low post options, that is an issue. Now, what else is an issue for Western Kentucky? Jarius Hamilton has scored 11 points or fewer in four of the last five games for this team. That is something that you want to be keeping note of. But when it comes to this Western Kentucky team as well, among their top five scores, four of them shoot at least 76% at the free throw line. They don't necessarily have a deep rotation. I thought that we would see a little bit more out of Jalen Butts, a guy that wound up averaging 10 points per game last season while he was at DePaul. But I do think that Western Kentucky has the goods to be able to get the job done in the spot. Set them as a seven-point favorite. So I'm going to be willing to lay it here in this spot. When it comes to the total, like I said, you got two teams that are relatively up-tempo. Not like they're necessarily just absolutely gunning it or anything like that, but there are teams that are in the upper half of college basketball when it comes to possessions per game. So I'm going to take a look at an over in the spot and in the spot as well. Willing to lay up to seven here when it comes to Western Kentucky. Now we're going to be taking a look at a little bit of an earlier game as well in LSU versus TCU. This is going to be in that very early window of 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, 6-11, 6-12. You've got yourself TCU finding themselves as a bit of a home underdog. This is one that has moved around quite a bit recently here as we wound up opening up LSU, laying three, and 
in other faraway openers, you wound up seeing it actually significantly higher than that. And now you're seeing it anywhere between two and two and a half. And your total on this game, you're getting one of the lower ones that you're going to find on the board right around a 124 to a 124 and a half. And I just think that with the sheer amount of possessions that you're going to be getting in this game, this total is too low. I wound up setting it at 133. I think that you could wind up getting some late game following now. LSU, with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis, this team is number one in all of college basketball. So this team has been absolutely tremendous with that regard. When it comes to the offense, it has been struggling without Xavier Pinson. Xavier Pinson has been doing very good things with regards to being able to dish out the ball. And you've seen with LSU, they've only played four overs this year. I believe that they've now been the best under team in all of college basketball officially. But even without him in the fold, you've got a guy in Terry Eason who's been able to give this LSU team 15 points, seven and a half rebounds per game. So he's been able to do a terrific job with that regard. When it comes to the injury information, I wound up giving out Xavier Pinson. He apparently practiced with a knee brace a little bit earlier on in the week. So if he does wind up playing, he's going to be rather limited. So I've pretty much taken it as if he's going to be out because when it comes to injury information as well, a little bit of a one-on-one here when it comes to this. For one, when you wind up trying to take a look at it, go to Twitter, just type in the player's name that's in question, whether that be Darius Says, another guy that's probably going to be a game-time decision for LSU, whether it be Ty Ty Washington, we're going to be taking a look at that Kentucky versus Kansas game. Type his name into the search bar and try to take a look at accounts that actually follow these guys, like for Ty Ty Washington, someone from like the insert Kentucky publication here or something like that. You're able to find a lot of good information. I personally wind up using RotoWire a little bit more myself as a little bit more of an aggregate. You've got NCAA Fantasy Hoops as well. They do a good job over there, but trying to be able to get accurate injury information, go to Twitter. That's just the most immediate place to be able to get it. You're just able to do pretty much one-stop shopping there. You're not going to be able to catch all of them, but we do our direness to be able to try to find as many as humanly possible. So just a little bit of inside baseball there. But when it comes to LSU, got to figure that they're probably going to be dealing with ailments to Xavier Pinson along Darius Days once again. And when it comes to TCU, what I do like about this team is the fact that they do a good job on the offensive glass. They rank in the top 20 in all of college basketball in terms of percentages of their missed shots that they wind up getting an offensive rebound on. Now, when it comes to TCU, they themselves don't shoot it great from three-point range, about 30.5% from distance. You do have a guy, Mike Miles, that I like. He's able to give you right around 14.5 points per game. He chips in their five boards, a few assists. But what I think is really going to be the undoing of TCU, and in a strange way, a reason why I think that this total is going to be going over, Damian Baugh has been just a turnover machine for this team. Damian Baugh has actually been able to do a solid job when it comes to being able to pump in there right around 10-ish points per game. He does give out quite a few assists, but I mean, the transfer from Memphis has not been able to find his form whatsoever with TCU. His usage is high, absolutely, because guys like Chuck O'Bannon, they do not do a great job of being able to get their own shot, but when it comes to Damian Baugh, he's been turning the ball over right around three times per game overall this season, but a lot of those games, he wound up not necessarily being in the forefront towards the beginning part of the season. You take a look at things ever since Big 12 play wound up beginning, and it has been very much a hot mess for him. And he's a guy that has only been able to shoot about 27% from three. So I don't necessarily see the appeal there when it comes to LSU. This is a team that they rank in the top five in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers force on a per possession basis. And so you just take a look at Bob. He's had six games here in the month of January. He has turned the ball over 27 times. That's an average of four and a half there, kids. So 
That is not terrific. I do think that this is just going to be a doomsday matchup for TCU, even if Xavier Pinson and Darius Days don't wind up playing in this game. I wound up saying my line at LSU laying three. I was willing to lay the three. Now that we're down to two and to two and a half, I think you've got great value with LSU. I think that this is just a bad matchup in general for TCU. You've got a guy in Efton Reed, a seven-footer for LSU as well, who's able to do a solid job. He's actually been able to pop threes and has been able to hit them at north of a 40% clip as well. So I'm willing to lay the points when it comes to LSU. Also, wind up saying this all at 133. I think that LSU is going to be able to take their defense and turn that into offense with all these turnovers. So we're taking a look at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at LSU in this spot. When it comes to what you're going to be able to get with regards to the ACC, you've got some interesting matchups out there as well. How about if we go 605, 606? I know that a few people have been asking about Miami and the Hurricanes. In the road faceoff against Georgia Tech are finding themselves between a two and two and a half point favorite. Total on this game is anywhere between 144 and a half and 145. Do I think that Miami is as good as what we've been seeing recently going on the road and winning at Cameron Indoor, being able to win at Virginia Tech? No, but I will tell you why I'm going to be backing them when it comes to this game on Saturday and why Maybe the metrics aren't necessarily doing the world's greatest job of being able to give this team the love that they deserve. We're going to be diving into that and other games on the college basketball betting board for Saturday next. Right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure that VEASAN is in your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 free hours of championship coverage on VEASAN.com, all live streaming video, and that leads up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It is the biggest game of the year, so make your plans now to join VEASAN, all of our sports betting experts before, during, and after the action right here on VEASAN.com as it is a great Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And speaking of that BetCast, I unfortunately wound up getting here three months after our first BetCast, but I will still forever remember the story that was told by Matt Humans. He was there for the first BetCast. Brent Musburger was doing it. We were talking with Dave Ross about great Brent Musburger memories, and this is just a story that I'll never get out of my head. That first BetCast was the game in which you wound up having the Patriots come back from down 28 to three against the Falcons. Guess what happened when the Patriots were, were down 28 to three, Brent Musburger wound up putting on his, I think just like outdoor, maybe like coat or something like that. He said, turn out the light boys. The party's over. As we know, the party was very, very far from over, which is why you can never wind up cashing these bets until the clock winds up hitting zero and it's not a tie score slash you had some sort of a calamity that winds up happening at the end of the game. So always keep that in mind as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Trust me, happens to the best of us where you're sometimes you wind up thinking bets are in the bank like those of us that thought that Fresno State had won tonight. Well, that was not necessarily the case. Hopefully we don't wind up getting any of this on Saturday as we're going to take a look here at a good ACC matchup. 6-5, 6-6, Georgia Tech versus Miami. Like I was saying just before the break, you got Miami between a two and two and a half point favorite. And do I think that Miami should be like a top two team in the ACC right now graded out as that? Not necessarily that, but when it comes to Miami, I think that bookmakers are being a little bit harsh here. I wound up saying them as a four point favorite. 
I don't know if what Miami is doing is necessarily completely sustainable, but at the same time, I think that we can conclude that Miami is certainly an NCAA tournament team. And if you tell me that they're a top 25 team, you wouldn't get an argument from me. If you're saying that this Miami team is just an absolute bulldozer or anything like that, I would be pushing back on you a little bit because you just take a look at this Miami team and they have been able to win. I believe it's five out of their last six games at the final possession. So, I mean, this team has been on a little bit of a charmed run, but at the same time, they've been able to step up in competition. They've been able to do a good job. And you take a look at what they've been able to do in the ACC. They force opponents into 15 turnovers per game, 9.9 steals per game. So they're getting good live ball turnovers. As a matter of fact, they themselves in the ACC turning the ball over 8.4 times per game. Now, what is going to be able to keep Georgia Tech live in this game is Michael DeVoe, a guy that's able to give you 20 and a half points per game shooting right in the neighborhood about 40% from three-point range. He and Jordan Usher are terrific. Usher has been able to give you seven and a half boards, 15 points per game, solid three-point shooter in and of its own right. But with Georgia Tech, haven't been able to get anything out of your forwards. Guys like Khalid Moore, Rodney Howard, these guys have been just not necessarily contributing a lot. And you take a look at this Miami team, and Cam McGussie and Isaiah Wong. These two guys combined to be able to give you 34 and a half points per game with McGussie. He has been able to do a solid job with right around six points per game. Now, what else is troubling with Miami is the fact that they are getting out-rebounded in ACC play by right around nine and a half rebounds per game. Now, that is something that I would be throwing a lot of caution to. Unfortunately for George Tech, they don't have anything to download to really cause this to be an issue in this game. So I do think that you're going to be seeing a little bit more of a control game as well, because when it comes to Miami and their offensive efficiency, they have been one of the more efficient offenses in all of college basketball, which is why even though they rank right around 223rd in the country with regards to possessions per game, this has been a team that has been playing a whole bunch of orders. I think we're going to see a little bit of regression there. Georgia Tech has actually been the faster of these two teams, which I don't know why Georgia Tech is trying to speed up with ranking right around 100th in the country with this regard, but for some reason they have been. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think that's been a bad plan for them, but I think that Miami going to be able to get just enough in this spot to be able to get it done because Charlie Moore has been doing absolutely amazing work for the team. 12 and a half points, four assists. He turns the ball over fewer than two times per game. That has been a big revelation after Atapal. Let's call it what it was. He was turning the ball over right around three plus times per game in his two seasons there. Wasn't necessarily the world's greatest fit. He has fit here at Miami. And also Jordan Miller, the transfer from George Mason, has been able to do a terrific job of being able to chip in there right around, I would say, about six rebounds per game. He's really been able to step up in a place of need in which this team has it. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. I do think that you are going to see Miami play a little bit more defense-oriented. Set this little 136 with Miami. Want to lay up to four with them. So we're going to be laying it here. How about a game in which we've seen a massive line move on? We go 607, 608 on the betting board. Duke hits the road face off against Louisville. Louisville opened up a nine-point underdog. And they are now finding themselves anywhere between six and six and a half point underdogs. Jalen's game is anywhere between 141 and a half and 142. Now, this is a handicap that goes a little bit beyond things that you're able to put into a spreadsheet or an algorithm. This is a case in which Louisville, they wound up canning Chris Mack a couple days ago, and now they've got an interim head coach. I'm sure that you might wind up seeing a guy or two wind up leaving the program, maybe even just before the game, if not in future days. But with Louisville, you, I always use something called the fallen man theory. That's something that was made famous by Bill Simmons because you wind up having, whether it be a star player, a coach, insert your person of importance here, winds up leaving the program, winds up getting fired, what have you. 
And then it just feels like in that first game, everyone steps up. It's as if they wind up taking like 15 five-hour energy shots. And these guys, they wind up doing their darndest to be able to get you to the window, being able to get the win outright. Do I think that Louisville's going to be able to win this game? No, but I think that because you were hearing post-game press conferences, you were hearing from the local media out there in Kentucky that things had become really, really toxic and guys had just hated Chris Mack that all of a sudden, I think that these guys are going to come out on fire. Someone like an L. Ellis who's been able to give you seven and a half points shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range. This could be a game in which he winds up going off and he winds up being able to give you a good performance. Malik Williams, who has been in the program for many years, being able to give you eight rebounds per game. I think that this is going to be a good game for him. And then you take a look at this Louisville team. They've only got one guy that's really averaging more than 10 points per game. That would be Noah Locke. Locke has been a guy that has been able to shoot it relatively solidly from three-point range, has been able to shoot it in a mid-30s clip. I think that he's going to be able to have himself a good game as well. And you take a look at the flip side for Duke and I've started to sour on this team a little bit. Paulo Boncaro, he is absolutely tremendous. He has been able to give the team 17 points, 7 rebounds per game. The guy that needs to do a little bit better, though, is Wendell Moore. Wendell Moore is a guy that a month ago I felt like belonged in the top five with regards to the player of the year hunt, and he's still putting up good numbers overall for the year. He has been able to give you right around 15 points, 5.5 boards, 4.5 assists per game, a guy that also shoots right in the neighborhood above 42% from three-point range, but we have seen a massive dip when it comes to his performance. And we've really been seeing it here in the month of January. As here in the month of January, overall, he's been averaging right around, I would say, about 11.5-ish points per game. But what has been even more concerning than the dip with regards to scoring has been the turnovers. He's been turning the ball over three times per game. In the first two months, he was averaging right around 1.8 turnovers per game. Still shooting it relatively solidly from three-point range. Has actually been able to make 45% of his triples in this time span. But... He's also seen his assist dip. He was averaging right around five assists per game, 3.9 this month. So that is a big giant issue when it comes to Duke. Trevor Keels has been going through a little bit of an ailment. He might not wind up being able to suit up in this game. And if he does wind up going, he'll probably be a little bit hampered. This old Louisville team that they have not necessarily been the defense of old. They've been really looking to crank things down. And I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job of being able to have their offense be a little bit more lively in this game. I do think that they're probably going to be kicking it up tempo a little bit more with Chris Mack now out of the fold. I feel like this interim coaching staff is going to try to put a little bit more of their fingerprints on this team. So I do take a look at the spot. Set it at a 145. I'm willing to go over. Louisville doesn't force a lot of turnovers. Duke is in the top 20 in the country when it comes to fewest turnovers on a per possession basis. But with Duke, made them more around a five and a half point favorite. Really loved the line a little bit earlier when it was more like 8.5 slash 9, but even here at 6 to 6.5, I would still be taking a look at Louisville in this spot. So take a look at the points, and we're going to be taking a look at an over as well. What else we're going to be taking a look at? How about what you're going to be able to get out of a little bit more of, shall we say, a unranked but intriguing Big Ten matchup? How about if we go 6.51, 6.52? Maryland going to be playing us at Indiana. Who's your daddy? Hoosiers are finding themselves a one to one and a half point favorite total on this game and between 133 and a half and 134 and When it comes to Indiana, I mean, is there any doubt that they're going to have the best player out there on the floor? Trace Jackson Davis has been absolutely amazing for this team, chipping in their 18 points, eight boards, nearly three blocks per game, an All-American candidate. When it comes to Maryland, they've been really relegating Kudus Wahab out of the fold, which I think is going to be a big issue for this team. And I don't understand why they've been giving fewer minutes to Kudus Wahab it's caused me to sour on this Maryland team, and I'm going to call it what it is. Danny Manning is just not a good coach. He winds up filling in for the 
now of the full Mark Turgeon. So that has been very tough for this Maryland team. Now, Eric Ayala has been able to step up 14 plus points in five out of the last six games for the team, but I do not think it's going to be enough coming up next. We're going to be tying a little bit of a bow on Indiana versus Maryland. And I know that there's been a lot of people that have been wondering, what do you think about the big matchup of the day? And no, I'm not talking about UIC versus Oakland. I'm talking about Kentucky versus Kansas. We're going to be hitting that game along with Maryland versus Indiana next, right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Join the playoffs action with Super Cuts Fantasy Super Series. Play free fantasy football and basketball in this eight part contest series and compete for a cut of $45,000 total cash prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com. Slash Supercuts now to get in on the action. It's not just any haircut, it's Supercuts. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson. Got a little bit over an hour left here. We're going to be trying to hit as many games as humanly possible on the college basketball betting board. Try to get you guys as many trips to the window as humanly possible. And making all this possible... Got to give a shout out to all the people behind the scenes that make this possible. Brad always gets me set up on audio. Does an absolutely amazing job there. You've got Nick, my wonderful technical director, Oliver. He's a man that he himself fires in a few of these as well. He is our most wonderful production assistant. All the podcasts that you hear at the end of the hour, he's a thank for that. And then you got my man, Brian Ortega, doing a great job as the producer of this fine show. Big shout out to all these guys. Without them, you would not be seeing me or hearing me, so... They are certainly doing their part. Now it's time for me to do my part. Try to get you guys some money here on this wonderful Saturday as we were taking a look just before we wound up hitting the break. Indiana versus Maryland. Maryland is finding themselves a one and a half point home underdog. I think that this is going to be a little bit different than when they wound up taking down Illinois at home about a week and a half ago. Like I said, just before the break, you've got a guy, Danny Manning, that I'm not necessarily too keen on. And when it comes to this Indiana bunch, it is a team in which it looks like they're going to be without Rob Fennessy, a guy that's been just all over the place this season. And then when it comes to Indiana as well, what I think is going to be key, being able to get a little bit of three-point shooting. Parker Stewart is someone that's able to shoot 
from three-point range, right in the neighborhood, about 46%. All in all, you got an Indiana team that they're shooting 35% from three, but we've noticed that Indiana has really been throttling down with regards to tempo. It's a team that you could tell that at the beginning part of the season, Mr. Woodson comes in, and he's like, you know what? We're going to be pumping up the tempo. Now that we've gotten here to conference play, Indiana has been just as slow as a slug recently. So that has been intriguing to take a look at. And Maryland, ever since they wound up letting go of Mark Turgeon, a team that traditionally is in the bottom 100 with regards to possessions per game, they've been a little bit faster. It's not like they're playing at a blazing pace or anything like that, but more like 217th in the country with regards to possessions per game. So been taking a look at that. If Maryland is going to be able to win this game, you need someone like a Julian Reese to be able to step up, and I just don't see that happening. Race Thompson, I feel like, is a very underrated number two cog here for Indiana guy that's able to give you eight boards right around 10 points per game. I think that he's going to be able to do a good job against this Maryland front line that let's call it what it is. Not necessarily too terrific, so I am willing to lay it here with Indiana. Set them more around a two-and-a-half point favorite, so I do think that you've got a pair of teams that are sort of like less here. Set my total at a 134.5. At DraftKings right now, we're finding the total there. Seeing at other places here at Circa, it's a 133.5. A lot of other places, 134. So we're going to be taking a look at the over in this spot as well. How about if we wind up going with one of the big boys that we're going to be seeing on the card? SIU Edwardsville versus Southeast Missouri. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, how about if we go Kentucky versus Kansas? A little bit of a bigger one. 743, 744. By the way, if you want SAU Edwardsville versus Southeast Missouri State, send a tweet at GNRS41 and I will break it down for you. Don't worry about that, but you got to be hitting this big one as you've right now got Kansas anywhere between a four and a half and a five point favorite. Your total on this game is anywhere between 152 and 153. This is a very much inline line, in my opinion. I wound up setting this at a five. I'm going to be waiting on a little bit of line movement. If it winds up landing on exactly five at the close, it's a spot in which I would rather take five with Kentucky rather than lay five with Kansas. Now, Ty Ty Washington's status is very much up in the air. It is unclear as to whether or not he's going to be playing. I have pretty much just ruled him out of the fold because even if Ty Ty Washington does wind up playing, if you wind up watching that game against Auburn, it did seem like a relatively severe injury and got to figure that he's going to be far less than 100% in this spot. So what do you be able to do over some of the replacements like Davion Mintz and company? I don't think it's necessarily going to be as astronomical, but when it comes to Kentucky, what is astronomical is the amount of rebounds that you're getting out of Oscar Shibuya as he's been leading all of college basketball this year with that regard over 14 boards per game, blocking half for contests now. Kansas has been able to do a better job down low. You got two guys at David McCormick along Jalen Wilson who have been able to give you a little bit over 13 rebounds per game. Both of these guys had rough starts of the season. Both of these guys have been able to crank it up, but when it comes to Kansas, I talk about them being able to crank it up on the glass. They have been throttling down with regards to their offense. Now, part of this is just because you play in a Big 12 that is absolutely brutal. Kansas, towards the front part of the season, they were a top five team with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis and still been a relatively solid offense. But here in Big 12 play, they're averaging right around eight or so points per game fewer than what they did wound up doing during the non-conference portion of the season. I do have a guy in Oshay Ogbaji who's been absolutely tremendous for this team. When it comes to the player of the year race, he's got to be at minimum in your top three, shooting 21% from three, five boards. He's able to also do a good job of being able to generate a couple seals, and he's just legitimately one of the best on-ball defenders I've seen in college basketball in quite a while. He's just able to really stuff the strategy, do a lot of things that are important for this team. Remy Martin, though, he is currently banged up for the team. Wanda missing a couple games throughout this season, and he has come back, and he hasn't necessarily looked like himself. A guy that has been able to get the team right around 10 points per contest has been 
one of the team's better outside shooters at being able to make right around 36% of his triples. But when it comes to Remy Martin, I just don't think that you're going to necessarily be able to get the world's greatest effort out of him. Once again, he's been able to do a very solid job on defense. So his defense has not really went into a rut, but his offense certainly has been. He has scored four points or fewer in each out of the last four games that he has played in. Single digits in each out of the last six. So it has been a big giant issue for this Kansas team. So I do take a look at that and I am a little bit concerned. Now, Christian Braun has been very good for the team, being able to give you right around 14 points per game, six plus rebounds. He's able to shoot in the mid thirties from three point range. But with Kentucky, even if Ty Ty Washington is out of the fold, still have a guy in Kellen Grady that shoots over 40% from three in terms of offensive efficiency. One of the best players in all of college basketball in that metric. Also with Kentucky, Davion Mintz, who figures to replace Ty Ty Washington if he winds up being rolled out of the fold. He has been good for the team. Was actually the team's top scorer last year. It was the first time since the 2006-7 season that Kentucky actually wound up bringing back their top score from the previous season. I do think that Kentucky could be able to do a relatively solid job on the glass now. When we talk about home court advantages, the fog is clearly one of the biggest ones out there in all of college basketball, and that cannot be understated, but this is a spot in which five or more, I am willing to take a shot here on Kentucky. Now, once we wind up getting down to four and a half, especially if we wind up getting down to four, then it's going to be a little bit more of a take on Kansas. Kansas has been a team that has been relatively sure-handed late in games or a team that they shoot about 71% of the free throw line. Nothing great, nothing terrible, but they also have been able to do a much better job on the glass. They do a nice job of not turning the ball over. So at five or more, going to be willing to take a shot here on Kentucky. Total's a little bit interesting. Want to make in mind 146 because you do have a Kentucky team that they play a little bit more up-tempo. They've been able to do a much better job with their outside shooting this year than they've been able to do in past years. In Kansas, they're still a top-20 team when it comes to points scored on a per-possession basis. I do think that this does wind up coming down to late-game felling, and as we know, that could sometimes cause for a big, giant calamity. So, going to be taking a look at an over in this spot, and we're going to be taking a look at 5-plus here when it comes to Kentucky. Like I said, if we wind up having a little bit of a line move, that is going to maybe throw a little bit of a wrench into things, but as long as we wind up getting 5-plus, going to be taking a look at what we're going to be able to get out of Kentucky. How about if we wind up going with a game out there in the ACC versus Big 12 Challenge? That might be a little bit more off the beaten path, but I still think that it's going to be a relatively solid one as Florida has been a team that has been interesting all year long. They're going to be playing us Oklahoma State 683-684 on the betting board. Florida wound up opening up in a lot of spots right around a four-point favorite. As I'm seeing them right now, they're anywhere between a three and four-point favorite. Charles game is anywhere between 132, seeing his eyes 133 and a half. Colin Castleton still, it appears, is going to be out of the fold for Florida. I'm assuming I'm out until further notice, but even with them on the fold, I do think that Florida should be able to get the job done. Not necessarily because I'm bullish on Florida without Colin Castleton. More or less, Oklahoma State is, in my opinion, the worst team out there in the Big 12. Oklahoma State plays relatively solid defense. In terms of being able to force turnovers, they're a top 30 team in all of college basketball. With that said, it's an Oklahoma State team that they themselves have been without some of their backcourt pieces. They were without Bryce Williams in the last game. Their team's top score with 10.5 points per game. You do have a Florida team that they've been looking to Jason Gibbeteau, who's been able to give you a few rebounds stepping in for this team. And Flandarius Fleming has been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to chip in their 10 points per game. Tyree Appleby, he's been eating good in the neighborhood with right around four assists per game. But then you take a look at Oklahoma State. The team turns the ball over 15 times per game. They are actually in the top 40 with regards to possessions per game, but yet they're putting up fewer than 70 points per game. I and mean, they've been great defensively. Moose to Cissé down those. They will give you five and a half rebounds. He does a good job of being able to guard in the 
painted area. But with that said, with Florida, I do think that they should be able to get the job done in this spot. They've been able to do a little bit of a good mix and match sort of ordeal with not having Colin Castleton out there. Now, when it comes to Oklahoma State, this is just a bunch of, in general, they aren't able to hit the broadside of a barn. They're in the bottom 50 in terms of both three-point shooting and also free-throw shooting. And when it comes to the free-throw shooting, it's right around 66%. You can't trust them late in games. Won't we'll lay up to five here when it comes to Florida. Set the total at a 131 as well. So we're seeing a little bit of movement there. As long as you've got a 131.5 or higher, going to be taking a look at the under. And coming up next, going to be hitting on more college basketball action right here on VSIN Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.